three, two, one. Welcome to the Center Bench Podcast, where four washed up athletes sit around and talk about sports. Starting at Center Bench, we have Mikey, Peo, Luca, who's not with us today, and myself, Luke. How's it going, boys? Good, Good man. Luca's on long-term injury reserve. We'll be <laughs> back next week. Yeah, he's a, or he's a healthy scratch. We'll call it a healthy scratch. <laughs> I like that better. Have you, uh, have, you got, have you boys been golfing at all this year? I haven't outdoors, no. Going out today for the first time. Um, nice. Before the lockdowns, I was doing the simulator with you guys, as you know, but excited to get out. How about you guys? I haven't. I'm starting to itch now, though. Yeah, I was watching the Masters on Thursday. I actually got out yesterday. I was with uh, Moyer, Robbie, and Luca. And before, before we went out, it's a funny story. Before we went out... They were kind of joking around about like bringing some beers to the course, and I'm I'm usually pretty against that. Uh, like I like supporting the course, you know. But I think uh, they like to save a couple bucks here and there, so they were joking around about bringing a few beers. So, anyways, play 18 holes. It's me and Ross in one cart, Robbie and Luca in another cart. <laughs> Who knows what their scores were? Um, <laughs> Bogey, but. Uh, <laughs> We get we get back to the, my car after the round. I had drove, and Robbie sits in the back. And Luca goes, "Robbie, how many beers did you have?" Robbie goes, 11. <laughs> like, we're like, "What?" what? <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I had uh, 11 of the normal size ones and one tall boy." We're like, "What?" He's like, "We're like, are you wasted?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm really drunk right now." <laughs> So the, <laughs> the whole ride home we didn't realize it because i wasn't in his cart so i didn't realize it but the whole ride home this guy's blabbering he passes like a random school he's like hey luke that's your school i'm like what <laughs> that's not my school he's like ah yeah i'm kidding like the worst jokes in the world but he, this guy was hammered after after 11 beers <laughs> how did he play uh he, he played he actually started heating up on the back nine which was the weirdest <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> Until the last hole, I think he went in the water like four times, and I was kind of chirping him. I was like, Robbie, like you're terrible, man. Uh, but it turns out he was just drunk. <laughs> but yeah, that's funny hilarious. <laughs> so what what do, what's your guys' take on that? Are you like you're okay with bringing beers to the course, or are you like uh, I kind of want to buy from the course? Um, I I don't mind bringing my own to be honest, especially when like sometimes they don't offer the the cart service. Yeah. some of these courses so for that i don't have a problem especially if i'm paying like 120 bucks to golf screw it like i can bring a couple of beers yeah yeah the only issue that i don't like is um if theirs is colder like my, yeah. it's, sometimes it's hard to keep your own warm right like in your golf bag it's like it's in the point. mid sun yeah. so if theirs is cold it's like worth it for me i'm not just in general though i just i don't like to drink a lot on the course i like to save that for after like nothing's better than a couple of beers after a good round yeah and i will say too um if you do bring your own beer do not bring glass bottles yeah <laughs> yeah i remember i got a snapchat i think it goes from adam I mean, this guy's chugging a corona glass bottle on the course <laughs> i'm just what a disaster Anyways, lots of Masters talk upcoming, so why don't we get into it? Yep, let's do it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. In your life have you seen anything So Masters like that? Week, boys, have you guys been watching? Camps, I can see the 
the dent in your couch from from afar here (laughs) (laughs) i actually haven't i've been i don't know like i've been working so then once i get home it's just i catch like the last hour of coverage yeah so i haven't watched so i'm excited today uh we're recording on saturday to watch the final two rounds i'm disappointed though with some of the people that aren't Mm -hmm. didn't make the cut like dj didn't make the cut uh there's a few others that i like to watch and they're not going to be around so that's a little disappointing yeah, a lot of big names. You said DJ, Rory, Brooks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brooks, like, we talked about him having the potential of coming out and, like, shooting fire, but, like, with his injury and stuff, it's it kind of makes sense. He, the guy was hobbling all over the course. Yeah, he but couldn't DJ, even bend over properly. I know. Pick up he, his balls. Yeah, he was, like, leaning on his club at one yeah. point to help him walk. But I think the biggest shock for me was, was DJ. I had picked him to win, and I had him in my pool – I'm in a pool with like all these NHL players. Pretty funny, <laughs> like Patrick Kane, Dylan Strome, Ryan. He's Strom. winning right now. There's a defense defenseman on the Rangers. I can't remember his name. Adam Fox. That nah. guy's a stud. Adam <laughs> <Yeah>. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to look it up, but yeah, it's pretty funny. It's just at one point it was just like me and Patrick Kane was below me. His name is Ochos. <laughs> pretty cool. Did you name your team Center Bench Pod? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get it out there. Sure I, I named it Get Better Soon Eldrick, but uh, uh, I thought about it. I had to send Ryan Strome money, and I was going to make the password, like, you will be on center blank pod <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> to try and get him to ask, and then that would have sparked something. But Ryan, we'll get you on soon. Don't worry yeah. about it. How about the turnaround from Bryson uh, after horrendous round one? He, I think he was, what, five under in round two or somewhere close to that. Do you guys yeah. think... He has a push in him. So he made the cut. Yeah, uh, I think he's I one under. He's one under. Yeah, he shot five under yesterday. I I don't see it. Like I think he's a little too far off the lead. Like he's six shots off. I mean, anything's possible with that guy. But I think he's too up and down the way he plays. Yeah. As you can see with his first two rounds, he was what like plus three, plus four the first day, and then five under the second day. So. Uh, I don't know. I, I think he's a little too volatile to win at Augusta right now. Say there's a question that one of our uh, one of our fans, shout out to Corey, Corey Hooper, he asked this or sent it to us on Instagram. The question is, would you rather play around at Augusta or play around with Tiger Woods at your local city course? So why don't we call it the Noller, Nollwood, like a, a shitty city course I with Tiger? I love <laughs> Maybe I should pick a different one then. <laughs> But uh, I thought it was a good question, and I know where my head's at, but I'm curious to hear what you guys think. I, I'd i rather play with Tiger, personally. I'm not good enough to play at Augusta. <laughs> Maybe in a few years when I can break 100 consistently, I would change my answer, but um, it's obviously it's such a prestigious course and an aura to it, but uh, I would definitely, right now anyways, would rather play with Tiger, meet Tiger, learn from Tiger um any day of the week yeah i'm in the same boat for the reason of that i think augusta is too much of a course for me at my that at my level right now i just wouldn't enjoy it um so that's why i would go go with tiger i actually i i probably thought about it longer than you guys thought knowing i'm a huge tiger fanboy just playing around at augusta like and it's all it's pristine is like an incredible experience but I'm on the same boat as you guys. So why don't to make it interesting, why don't we say, would you rather play a hole with Tiger so you get to play like a par four with him or play around at Augusta to try and make things interesting? 
I go with Augusta then. I'm, I'm shooting 18 at Augusta. <laughs> I think I would still pick. I think I would still pick a, uh, a hole with Tiger because then you get to meet him too, right? And maybe you go for beers with him at the clubhouse after. No, no, yeah, that's not part of not the thing. It's one hole. It's one hole with Tiger. Yeah. It's you meet him, it's just quick handshake, <laughs> and you carry on. Like the whole last maybe like all of twelve minutes. Yeah, and it's done. I'm, There's no beers after, numbers after, <laughs> going for dinner. I, going I think to I'm back putting a little house. strategy into this. I'm I'm playing that one hole, but I'm extending that hole. I'm yeah. duffing every shot. I don't care what he thinks about yeah. me, but oh, would you look at this? I hit it three three feet in front of me. So tiger, like how are the yeah. kids? <laughs> <laughs> I'm teeing off with a nine iron with on a par five, 500 yards. Did <laughs> <laughs> you oh. edge? You go 60 yards. <laughs> I'm laying up. Sorry. It's my, it's yeah. my strategy. <laughs> All right. So another uh, well-known fact, or maybe not so well-known, but Augusta national and the food stands that they have throughout the course, it's super affordable to eat and drink there. Uh, Mikey was talking about it before, but you can grab a domestic beer for four bucks. You can grab sandwiches for like three or four bucks. Um, so we took a look at the menu and we, I wanted to ask you guys today what you guys thought of the sandwiches and what you guys would go with. So I'll list off the sandwiches and then you'll each make a pick here. So we've got the egg salad sandwich, the pimento cheese sandwich, which is the icon at Augusta National, just a cheese sandwich, pulled pork. The Masters Club, the classic classic chicken sandwich, the grilled chicken wrap, the ham and cheese on rye, or the turkey and cheese on wheat. What would you guys go with? Mike, you go first. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm a huge ham and cheese guy, just like in general. <laughs> uh, but um, the Masters Club intrigues me. I don't know what's on that. It's not very specific on what's on that. But I'd probably just go with the Masters Club. Take you a would chance. think it'd, it'd be hopefully like it's a classic. Yeah, yeah, hopefully exactly. it's it's been around forever and like it's it's there for a reason. Yeah, yeah, great choice. I like I like that idea, especially because it has masters in it. They're probably known for it, and I like to get things uh, when I'm visiting at places what they're like known for. But it's hard to turn down a classic chicken sandwich. Chicken sandwiches are my favorite anywhere. There's a reason why there's classic in front of it. Uh, so I'm going. I'm going classic chicken sandwich. Yeah, I, I had a tough look at this. Um, if I were to see these options anywhere else outside of Augusta, I'm going with the grilled chicken wrap. I love myself a nice grilled chicken wrap, nice and saucy. But at Augusta National at the Masters, because it's so iconic, the pimento cheese sandwich. I mean, it's only the dollar fifty, so I think I would have to try it and tell all my friends. All right, boys. Well, the NHL trade deadline is coming up. Some teams are already making moves. The Islanders recently landed Zajac and Palmieri from the New uh, New Jersey Devils. I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on: Is this enough for the Islanders to make a playoff run? Do they have the tools in the in the toolbox? I mean, I see quite a bit of them uh, being a Pence fan. I think this is a great move for the Islanders. Um, Kyle Palmieri can play up and down your lineup anywhere within that, those top three lines. And Travis Zajac, I think, is a very underrated player, especially on the defensive side. He's a great shutdown player, and he fits the Islanders' um, system very well, a Barry Trotz um, system. Um, they, they really have, like, they have everything you need from like a com complete team. Um, so I, I do think like they do have enough with those two pieces. Like they replace Anders Lee. 
I do think that's enough. And kind of seeing with the Penguins yesterday, um, playing New Jersey, Zajac usually shuts down Sid pretty well. And you saw with him, without him in the lineup, Sid gets three points. Um, that so must take I, I think must have a, taken a lot for you to say, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> no, he, I I like Zajac. He's a good player, so I think I think those are two good pieces. And yeah, they gave up a first rounder, but I mean the Islanders they made it pretty far last year, and they just needed a couple additional pieces. So if you can make go on a long run, it's worth giving up that first round pick. Yeah, no, I like the move. It's I think those are two Islander type players too. Not huge superstars, um, good defensively, um, have a little bit of flair, will buy into the system of Barry Trotz, um, veterans that have been around. Uh, I'd like to move. Um, First was a lot, but they got two players. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think any of the players out there right now are worth a first-round pick. No. In terms of, like, uh, Hall and Felino and all those guys, like, to me, they're not not first-round for a rental. It's not worth giving up a first-rounder. <clears throat> so credit to New Jersey, they got a first rounder, but they had to give up two players. Um, but I thought it was a good move. I, I liked it for the island. They need to do something with Andreas Lee out. Um, that team has done too good this year not to reward them with something. So do you think that they have they could potentially beat out a team like the Capitals or a healthy Pittsburgh Penguins team right now? I still struggle to see them do that. I don't know. Per- Barry Trotz's like MO is usually like he has a strong regular season and even in his Nashville days they would struggle in the playoffs mm-hmm. obviously he broke that curse with the Capitals yeah um, but to me this team is a lot this Islanders team is a very similar to the teams he had in uh, with the P- Nashville and the Predators like they weren't expected to probably make the playoffs even and then they ended up doing great in the regular season and then they were a first or second round exit I think when mm-hmm. everyone starts to buckle down and really starts to focus on like all facets of the game and it's playoff hockey. I don't know. I, I don't think they can beat a Pittsburgh or a Washington. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would agree with Mikey. The only team I can maybe see them beating is Washington. I don't see them beating Pittsburgh. Like <laughs> Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's and like, not like bias aside. I think Pittsburgh's won five or six games against them this year. And like without a healthy lineup. Mm. Um, so I, like, I, I think like Pittsburgh's still a better team, but they usually play Washington pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. So as long as they can shut down Ovi, I can see that being a good series. Yeah. Who would the other team be? Um, Boston, well, potentially, Boston, or Philly. Boston, yeah. potentially. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of Boston, do you think, and I guess uh, he's they've been linked with Taylor Hall. Where do you mm. guys see Taylor Hall going, or what's even Taylor Hall even worth at this point? I don't know. Even I honestly think even us, like, <laughs> apparently that Brian Adams or Adam something, whatever his name is for the Sabres, he started wanting a first, a prospect, and another oh, piece God. for Hall. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I, I want $5 million for my house, too. Doesn't mean you're going to get Like, fucking guy has one goal after the, the 10-minute mark of the season in the entire year, and we're 40 games deep. <laughs> Reach I don't for care the stars laying on the moon, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't even think... I think a second rounder is a lot for... I know yeah. there's that name, and then, you know, three years ago, he won MVP, and but, like, that's all in the past. It, How many years left this on year, his contract? He, he's a UFA. He's a UFA. Wow. So, he's a, he's a rental. Yeah, I don't see He's a see pure rental. Teams. Like, he, he is a rental, but he also said, like, he'd be willing to... Re, like, obviously, he's going to say that because he needs a contract yeah. the way he's been playing, but... <laughs> yeah. I think that's the only way he goes to Boston, too. Like, I, I've kind of heard it out there that... I think it was Elliot Friedman was talking about how Boston 
they were kind of on the fence whether like to kind of go for it this year or not based on how they've been playing in the position they're in. So Friedman was saying if Boston is going to get him, it's because they're going to like sign him to an extension. Okay, well, what do you what are you signing him to? Yeah. Like I I'm don't giving, wa- I wouldn't I give don't him want, more I, than like 6 mil. <laughs> I was I wouldn't like I think 5 is a lot and I think he's probably thinking he's worth like 7. Yeah. Like I want to see him at least play for me. And then I'll yeah. think about you know an extension, see how he fits. I don't know. I don't the, like I, that. I think I like he he does have the skill. Like you don't just lose that. I just he's not the guy, right? Like I think he's a good complimentary player. Same with Kessel. Like Kessel was a great player for Pittsburgh because he wasn't the guy. He was like part of the supporting cast. So I feel like Taylor Hall, given like in a role similar to what Kessel played for Pittsburgh, I think he can do well in the role in that kind of situation person. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but is there a team that comes to mind that you feel like is there like one piece away and that they're the team to watch during the trade deadline? For, for me, I think like all the, all like the contenders, I think they're all in a pretty good spot. Like they don't need mm-hmm. to do much in my opinion anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Tampa, they can add to their back end like a depth defenseman. I guess I would say Florida is probably the team where they're up there in the standings. And if they can um, replace, you can't replace Ekblad, but if you can try to um, replace those minutes and what he brings, like even bring in an Ekholm, for example, if Nashville is willing to move him, um, Florida can be dangerous because they're, and they're a well-coached team too with Joel Quenville. So I, I pro- and I probably think Florida is probably going to be the most active um, before the trade deadline. So I, I guess I would say Florida. What about a team yeah, like, like Carolina? Yeah, they I don't could. Know what their cap situations like, mm-hmm. but they could be. They could, yeah, they could. Like in terms of the top teams, like I would say the top teams are like pretty consensus. Even last week was like Avalanche, Vegas, and, and Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that none of those teams really need to add anybody. No. They anyone could use a depth forward or a depth D for a, good, yeah. a long playoff run. Um, you never know when you ne- might need one of those guys to step in. Uh, but yeah, Carolina, Florida could be, I think needs to make a move. If they want to make a deep playoff run with Ekblad and now out. Um, but Carolina is an interesting team. Do we have a goalie controversy in the city of Toronto with, uh, with Freddie being out and, uh, our boy Campbell coming in? I think he won 10 straight games. Am I, am I correct? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts are on, on him? Is he the starting goalie in Toronto? Oh yeah. Who's Freddie? <laughs> he's your best he's, the winner <laughs> he's dead he's dead to me uh it's campbell all the way this is campbell's net he's won the starting role he should be the vesna winner um but no i, I love everything i see from campbell he seems like the nicest guy in the world yeah he does uh, like everybody loves him um i think yeah i think he's won the starting job for sure like once the, the other guy comes back we'll call him um <laughs> <laughs> I think Campbell's gonna have to falter quite a bit to for him to get the net back. So is or, is it like consensus at this point? Like is is the feeling within the media and within the team that he's gonna be their guy going forward? Well, why? Like Campbell hasn't done anything to like pull him out. Like why would you pull him out? He's like how great. could you? Yeah, how could you pull the guy out right now? He's won ten straight. His numbers are pretty good. It's not like he's winning seven six every night. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I just have, there's no reason to pull him out. I think the bigger like questions, like two of them, one is his health. Like he gets hurt mm-hmm. pretty often. Um, and then the second one, so Freddie's a free agent after this season. 
what is what does Toronto do next season with their goaltending situation? Like, yeah, this is a nice story, but there's been a lot of nice stories with goal, especially goaltending. Look at the Hamburglar in Ottawa, and he's not even in the NHL right now. Can Jack, the big question is, can Jack Campbell be a number one goaltender playing 55, 60 games in a season and going on long playoff runs? That's what Toronto has to decide. I think this is this was all part of Dubas's plan. I think he loves Campbell to begin with. Uh, he had him in, in, in the Sioux. They already had that pre-connection. Um, and that's why maybe he was looking to move Freddie in the offseason. Um, but I think the way Campbell's playing, what you do is you let uh, Freddie walk. Uh, Campbell still has another year at $1.65 million, But sign, if he's going to be your guy, sign him to a contract extension for like 3 or $4 million, And then go find yourself a veteran backup goalie, like a Bernier, like a Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. Somebody that can play 25, 30 games, can play five games in a row if Campbell pulls a groin again. Um, and in that way, you, your goalies, your total goalie salary is probably going to be like five million, maybe four million, and that's going to save you two, three million. You can use that to for a Hyman extension, and maybe adding another, you know, defenseman or two or whatever you want. Like I think that's the move. To me, that's a lot of confidence in Campbell, though, knowing like who they have under contract for the Leafs, and they're they're kind of in a win now mode with this with this group and goalie is that one piece that's kind of been missing so to to say get a veteran backup for Campbell to go into next year is that's showing a lot of confidence in the guy yeah yeah you have to be all in like mm. on him I don't know you could go I don't know what Freddie's gonna command now you know last year he had a good year too and this year's been all over the place um you know, I think he's been injured for most of it. Even I don't think he was playing at 100% when he was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the free agent goalies went for about five or six million uh, last off season, depending on their age and their productivity. I think Freddie's r- right in and around there. Um, but I don't know if you want to go give him five and a half million for the next five or six years at 31, like, and when you got another guy like Campbell, like with the goaltending, like the trade deadline in the goaltending market. I think the Leafs they they need to get answers on Freddie. Like it's been three, they, I think they have now. answers on on Freddie. Like they don't have to tell anybody. It's Yeah. If I that's think, the case, like if they know he's going to come back, then fine, but if they like if it's still up in the air and they're getting second, third, fourth opinions from doctors, I think they need a goalie cuz you you don't want Jack Campbell getting hurt and then you have Michael Hutchinson coming in at the playoffs. Like this is the Leafs' year to make noise. They need to make sure they they have all their bases covered if a potential goaltending injury happens. To sign David yeah. Ayers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I don't know. I think they know what the situation with Freddie is, um, and if if it was the case where there's second, third opinions, oh, he could be out long term, like he might not play the rest of the year. I would hope they would go get a veteran goalie. Um, so them not doing so, I, I assume that Freddie is coming back at some point before That's the season fair. ends. For those okay. of you listening, we we view our schedule. Um, some of you, some of some of us, the morning of, some the day before. But we saw, can Matthews win an MVP in the schedule? So we have a feeling that we we know Camps put this on. <laughs> um, but I guess let's have a little brief discussion on MVP candidates. Who's your MVP thus far in the season? So if the season ended today. And who do you think is going to win? I'm curious to see your to hear your guys' opinions. We know Mikey's answer, <laughs> so we'll go from that. I don't, I don't have like, I don't have 
I haven't made my pick yet, to be honest. I a couple of weeks ago on the pod I said Patrick Kane, but mm-hmm. if Chicago doesn't make the playoffs, you can't give it to him. So I think he's he's out. And like right now they're four points back of that fourth spot. Um McDavid, like I I, I can't give it to him. Like I even <laughs> though he was my pick before the season, <laughs> the guy like thirty five percent of his points are against the, the Senators. Come on. Uh, like he's having a great season. You can't fault him for the competition he's playing. So then by that um, logic though, you can't give matthews the mvp either oh matthews isn't my matthews isn't my my pick um he's having a great season but i mean he's got look at mitch marner he's having just as good as a season as matthews is the only reason why you hear more about matthews is because goal scorers typically get more of the um more noise regarding them right like i think mitch marner equally deserves it as matthews does and when Matthews is out of the lineup, the Leafs don't seem like they miss a beat. I think they're three and zero without him in the lineup, and they've played well. Not to discredit Matthews' season, he's having a great season. This is going to sound so biased of me, and you guys, Camps is going to rip me. Oh, <laughs> no, don't say it. Don't Jesus. say it. <laughs> but for me, like I don't like why. Why maybe he's not going to win it, but why can't Crosby be nominated? At the least, look at the season he's having with the lineup he's having. No Malkin, all the injuries. They're fighting for first in their division. He's he's only one point back of top four in the league. He's got forty seven points. Um, oh he's playing two way hockey. Um, I don't know. I, I can make a pretty strong case for Crosby, but that's just going to come across as very biased. It does, it, indeed, it does. <laughs> if you I, watch, if you watch, though, it, it doesn't. I just don't I, I get your point about who McDavid is playing, but the guy has twenty two more points than like the guy and his second place in points right now is dry, his own teammate Dry Saddle, who has eight less points than him. Like, yes, he's playing against weak competition. Yes, they are playing the senators a lot, but so are the Leafs. Um yeah. so like, he, he is McDavid is gonna win it. <laughs> like Yeah, I don't I just don't know how it. you don't give it to McDavid. Yeah. And there I, I think if they miss the playoffs, then there's a discussion to not give it to him. But if they make the playoffs, which it looks like they will at this point, there's no way you don't. Let's hear Matthews' campaign. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think uh we're running out of time, folks. We yeah. have to end the episode. <laughs> I don't know, I can make the case for Matthews as well. Like the team is first um in the North Division, they're a top team in the NHL. Um, he's leading the league in goals. Uh, I think if it wasn't for that wrist injury where he had he missed a couple of games and then for five or six games he wasn't right, and it was almost a total of like about ten games where mm-hmm. he wasn't. You could just tell he wasn't there all uh, like a hundred percent. I think he closes the gap on Matt uh, on McDavid and. Right now he's like 21 points back, and I just think that's too much. Like it's hard not to give it to McDavid at that point. Um, but I think if he can close the gap to within like 10 to 15 points back of McDavid and have like let's say six or seven more goals than McDavid, I think he has a chance to win it. I think he'll get some get some votes. Yeah, I was just gonna say I think it's possible, but I think he's got to put together like a hell of a back third of a campaign here. I think Mikey made a good point about that stretch, like that 10-game stretch when he was hurt. That probably did set him back. I think that's where I kind of saw the more of the value on Marner this season because he stepped his game up. Um, and like when I like when I look at them, I think Marner drives that line just as much as Matthews does too, right? <laughs> 
right, so this past week there was a, a major trade that happened in the NFL. So Sam Darnold went to Carolina for a bunch of picks going over to the New York Jets. Uh, what were your guys' thoughts on the trade? Who won the trade first and foremost? And do you see Sam Darnold being su- successful in Carolina? Um, in terms of a winner, I would I would say maybe both teams won. Like I don't know, it's kind of too early to tell um, for me, anyways. But I guess both teams addressed a need. Like Carolina needed a quarterback. They were in on all the big names. They really wanted Deshaun Watson, but with his situation, um, they obviously shied away from that. Sam Darnold, I was shocked. I forgot. I didn't realize how young he is. Like he's younger than Joe Burrow. Hey, so I think, like, I think, yeah. So like a guy like him, I think he has, he still has a lot of upside. He just needs to be placed in the proper situation, the proper offense. Everyone talks about um, Adam Gaze and like, look what Ryan Tannehill was with him in that offense in Miami. And then went to Tennessee and look how good he's been playing. Um, so from a Carolina standpoint, I like the move. Um, I can see, and especially in that division too, really other than Brady. And he, I mean, he's getting older. There's not that many like Jameis Winston in, in in New Orleans. The he's got a lot to prove. Um, who's the other guy? Um, Matt, uh, yeah, Matt Matt Ryan. Like he's been on the decline, and who knows if he's going to be starting. Um, so I think Sam Darnold can do well in, with Carolina in that offense. Um, and then for the Jets, um, they've made it known that they're drafting a quarterback at number two, probably Zach Wilson. Um, yeah, um, similar to like what Luke says about Matt Stafford and now moving to LA. I think for Sam Darnold, this is it. Like he's got to prove it. I don't know how many more chances he's going to be given. Um, and given this offense, Matt Rule seems to be known as a good offensive coach. He's got, I think, the best running back in McCaffrey. Um, he's got some good weapons outside with DJ Moore and uh, Robbie Anderson. So like all the pieces are there. Um, he mm-hmm. needs to have success, and I, th- I think he will. I think it's a good landing spot for him, uh, as opposed to some of the other landing spots that were talked about. Go what ahead. I like the most, I was just gonna say, what I like the most about this is it's very, very rare in the NFL for you as a quarterback to get a second chance in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that a lot of teams or organizations or even the league gives up on on quarterbacks. So it's good to see that p- people recognize how bad of a coach Adam Gase is and how bad of a position he can put his quarterbacks in. So I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to see him get a second shot and to see what he can do. So uh, I guess like speaking of future and the future quarterbacks, we have the NFL draft coming up at the end of the month. For me, it's been a wild ride to follow just seeing guys like Justin Fields drop, guys like Mac Jones being talked about at first and potentially the second round and then coming up to third for the San Francisco 49ers so just wanted to get your guys' perspective on the drafts like if you're San Francisco are you considering a guy like Mac Jones or would you go more to a guy like Justin Fields who has a little bit more mobility I I would personally go with Justin Fields but like all the reports and everything says they're they're locked in on Mac Jones and I don't know I'm surprised he's just like Luke, you're big on that your quarterback now needs to be like an athlete, needs to be mobile. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of different. The game's kind of changing, and I I agree with a lot of that. Like, Mac Jones is the exact opposite. He's a pocket passer. He's not very athletic. Like, I don't know. If his arm is perfect and, like, they think it could, like, I don't know. It's tough. I I just, I would take Justin Fields, um, but they seem locked in on Mac Jones, and I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. 
unless they're playing games with us or the other teams right which is which could be possible hasn't there been a lot of um like chatter about what atlanta is going to do with the fourth overall yeah isn't there the tight end pits that everyone's like drooling over like saying he's the best like pure talent out of the draft and now a lot of people are saying that atlanta actually might trade down Mm -hmm. like i saw it i think they will yeah i saw a few people like kyle pitts to atlanta would be they would have some offensive weapons there with matt ryan i just got to fix up their defense a little bit but that would be very intriguing but i don't think that atlanta necessarily i think a lot of people or a lot of teams are going to be willing to trade up and give up some capital to take that spot because of a guy like pitts so i think it's smart for atlanta to trade down yeah even i think like if four if trey lance and justin fields are still there like yeah. But why doesn't New England or the Denver Broncos or Carolina, they got their guy now, so they're out of, kind of out of the picture. But yeah. um, I'm looking at New England or, or Denver to move up. Uh, well, apparently Cowboys, Jerry Jones is like falling in love with. Uh, yeah, the guy Pitts. just loves headlines. Yeah. <laughs> He's just trying to stay relevant. Like yeah, if he moves up to four and gives up like he, he's at 10, if he probably have to yeah. give up next year's first rounder to move up to four yeah. like, to draft Pitts, come on. Yeah, you don't give up that kind of capital draft the tight end. Think about how much leverage Atlanta has, though, with the quarterbacks that are in this draft and them not needing a quarterback. Um, and then, like they they have so much leverage in negotiating that draft pick pull that they could get just based on the fact that they scare a team like New England or whoever that somebody else is trading up to get those quarterbacks. So I think they've got a ton of leverage there. But it's also tempting, like if if Pitts is this once in a generational type talent that they say is, is it, it is tempting to not take a guy like that? Because look at what someone like Travis Kelsey did for the Chiefs, mm-hmm. right? I don't think mm-hmm. the Chiefs are what they are without Kelsey. Uh. All right, boys, it's been a while since we've done our hot take of the week, so I think it's time to bring some of that heat back. Mikey, why don't you start us off with what your hot take of the week is? Uh, my hot take of the week is. The Calgary Flames trained Johnny Goudreau before the 3 o'clock deadline on Monday afternoon. And I'll even double down to the Boston Bruins. Wow. He'd be a good Bruin. All right, switching sports to basketball. My hot take of the week is that the Denver Nuggets are going to win an NBA championship. Uh, I think they're (laughs) they're set up. This season? This season, yeah. I think... I think their team is... Barring any injuries, their team is set up very well. They have... An MVP candidate in Jokic. They've got Jamal Murray. They add Aaron Gordon on the defensive side. They've got shooters all around them. Um, I think they have the team to win an NBA championship. And the reason why is because Brooklyn's got a lot of injury problems. The Lakers got a lot of injury problems. So if they don't come back and start rolling as teams, I could see a team like Denver making an upset in the West and then potentially in the NBA Finals. So that's my hot take of the week. Um my hot take of the week, um, you guys tell me if this is hot enough, but in the NHL, when it comes to playoff time, I have at least one of the division winners losing in the first round. Hmm. I don't know which hmm. one yet, because mm-hmm. um, it's hard to say who's going to finish first. Is that is that like first? Yeah, round? I think that's that I fun? think that's that's hot enough. Yeah, if I were to yeah. guess which one it would be. It, like if Carolina finish somehow finishes in first, they're in first place right now. That could yeah. be a potential. But if that's bold, well, could, if Tampa finishes first, and then you have 
Uh, either I can th- see Boston beating Washington if it comes to that. Wow. Like Washington's going to play a good team on that fourth spot. Yeah. Um, I can't see it Toronto happening. Toronto and West. Montreal play each other pretty tough. Yeah, four, we're four, four and two on the season against Montreal. That's not. <laughs> I'm not worried about Montreal. A couple one goal games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that wraps up episode 17. Luca, it turns out we actually don't need you, so maybe we won't see you next week. But uh, all joking aside, uh, everyone have a good weekend. Enjoy the rest of the Masters, and we'll see you next week for episode 18.